0: There's joy in every journey.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game.
1: And what a weekend. For the first time in many, many years, we actually have Easter and Passover and Ramadan all lining up for the same weekend, so happy Easter. Thanks for being with us. We also have, of course, the NBA playoffs yes, sir. underway, and the Warriors looked pretty good last night. Whitey Gleason, Jason Dumas with you till how about 1 o'clock? Does that work for you today? Oh, yeah, we can make that work. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Just about everything the Warriors tried worked last night, right? After kind of a spotty start, and what what happened? Steph was supposed to start, he's not starting. The Warriors looked like the Warriors again at both ends of the floor
3: even you know even through that first quarter and maybe first quarter and a half where it was kind of trading buckets uh the warriors just appeared to be the better team and they just had to put it together um man and how about Chase Center last night I was in the building it was the you know the first first uh playoff experience in San Francisco the actual city limits in, in 64 I 64 think? Yeah. yeah uh so that was a while and then obviously the first game playoff game at Chase Center. It was a great atmosphere. It was. It got really loud in there. It was a sellout, which was, you know, that was a foreseen conclusion. Um Mm -hmm. but I was really impressed with the atmosphere last night at Chase and we got a couple hours to dive into this and I don't wanna I don't wanna jinx, you know, I'm kind of a superstitious guy, especially when it comes to my sports teams and 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 fan and rooting interests. But before, two days ago, I picked the Warriors to win the NBA Finals, and wow! And I sat and watched them play yesterday, and there there was nothing to make my opinion waver. And I'm a, you know me, Whitey. I'm realistic. Yep. I'm not a fanboy. I'm not right. just going to pick the Warriors because I cover them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they have the perfect blend of experience and youth. I think they're coming together at the right time. Like three weeks ago, a month ago. It was doomsday. I was like, this team might not make it out the first round. In fact, I didn't think they were gonna make it out the first round. Then all of a sudden, Draymond Green woke up. I think he kind of just played himself back into shape. And then he got that he got that two man chemistry going with Jordan Poole while Steph was out. And then obviously Steph was out, but he came back. He's back now. And Clay. Clay has started to play like Clay. And, like I've been saying for a while, it's not what Clay was doing, it was how he was doing it, how he was going about his shots, over dribbling, taking bad shots. He's back to just playing how Clay plays, and he's making shots. And, you know, this team is looking really good. Like, my only beef from last night, if you had to have one, because uh, to me, it was almost a perfect performance if you're a fan or you covered a team and you what you want to see. I wish they could somehow get Kaminga more burn. (laughs) Because I think that kid is so special. And I get it why he doesn't. The guys he played, who's Kerr played, Otto Porter, Andre Iguodala, you trust them more in that situation. But Kaminga, that guy's going to be a franchise pillar for the next decade. I would love for him to get that experience.
1: Yesterday, Jason, I was on with... uh... John Dickinson in the morning for Warriors this week, and we were talking about, you know, who's going to be an X-Factor. And Otto Porter, I said Otto Porter, a lot of people said Otto Porter, a lot of people say Kuminga. It it was funny because JD said, you know what, I'm not saying Bielitsa, and we
3: kind of joked about it. He, He played really well last night. Steve Kerr loves him because there were so many times this year where I'm just like, Steve, why is he in the rotation still? Um, he looked really good beginning of the year, and then he looked like he did not belong on this roster. Yeah, yeah. For like three weeks, he was awesome. We remember that Lakers game early in the year where he was, he was distributing, knocking threes. down threes.
1: Yeah,
3: I, I was like, oh, this is a great pickup. He and wasn't
1: that, a total embarrassment defensively, which right. for him
3: is really good. Yeah, but now he, you know, he struggles now, or he he had struggled for the majority of the season. Um. He does seem to play different when he's paired with Draymond Green. Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, so, and he's talked about that. It's amazing. It's yeah, really interesting.
3: I think because they both were kind of playmakers and they both like just make the right basketball decisions pretty much all the time. So they play off each other really well. Um, he has to hit his three throws better. He, I think he was like two for six yesterday from the line. Something like that. Yeah. Um, I think
1: you're right. That's he, exactly right. He
3: was a, two for five. Two for five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a guy like he played good last night. I'm not I'm not quite there on him yet where I've like Right. Where I trust him. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Steve Kerr likes him, so what am I gonna say?
1: Well, so many things went well last night. That was just one of them, but it was one that jumped out of me. I almost forgot, you know, in the in the uh afterglow of how well that night went, just realizing man, Bill had some minutes last night. Yeah, he played big time minutes. You
3: mentioned the Serbian crowd. brother Jokic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guarding each other for a lot of the time. Yeah, and
1: it's well, that's a tough uh that's a tough one for Bialica. But overall last night, wow, he contributed. I wanna ask you, you know, going back to that series in 2013 with the Warriors and the Nuggets, which was the start of so much of the Warriors dynasty, whatever you want to call it. 2013, that series, that was the first playoff series for the Warriors since the We Believe Warriors, and a lot of people, you know, Roracle was loud for for a long, long, long time. But a lot of people, that, the players at the time said, man, it was really loud for that series. Maybe not a fair comparison, but you're saying last night Chase was maybe as loud as it's, as it's ever been, and we're getting to the point where maybe it's Oracle
3: esque No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a page out of Steph Curry's book and not even compare, because it's kind of unfair. Uh, my colleague at Cronford, Kylan Mills, asked Steph this last week he, about that comparison, uh, Oracle to Chase, and Steph was just like, "It's unfair. Let's create our own memories here." Uh, that was a polite way of saying, "Very diplomatic." Yeah. Polite way of saying, "I don't think it's ever going to be Oracle." Yeah. They made so many special memories there. Um, and look, it's just it is what it is. Uh, it, it's it's a different kind of crowd, a little yeah. bit, yeah, a little more wine and cheese at, at Chase, sure, uh, than than it was at Oracle, but. Um, no no pricier to get in. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens with success. What do you want to just the team not to be good? It's just that naturally happens. There's nothing ill will about it. There's no bad intentions. When a team wins and goes to five straight finals, the prices are going to go up. If you're a good businessman, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd raise mine too. So, you know, unfortunately, what comes with that, sometimes people get priced out. Uh, but with all that being said, it was really loud in there. And it's creating its own, like Steph said, it's going to create its own memories and have its own, especially if they make a deep run this year. Um, Look, I mean, I saw people people were buying tickets last minute to try to get in there for way over face value. And, like, you know, I walked all around that arena last night. Of course, I have a seat in the uh, press area, but I got all the way up to the nosebleeds just to see the atmosphere you know I'm big on just feeling the vibes of the building people were locked in it, so you it, were it's, up
1: by the uh, retired numbers
3: and yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. i had my binoculars uh-huh. looking down it, it was it was a great environment and um that that place is going to be rocking for this yeah. playoff run you can tell That's you can tell
1: my favorite thing about that building and you know we got to do some games from there in the in the first year and it, it's interesting to me to the point you're making it looks pretty much – the floor, it looks a lot like Roracle, whether that's by design or not. I mean, if you're just looking at the floor, you kind of feel like, wow, it looks just like the the old place, which is good. But the two things that stand out is um, – and this is kind of um, in the weeds, but they have – in the visitors' locker room, they have the only hot, cold, in-ground tubs in the league. At least they did at the time, which is you know, a nice recruiting tool. But more than that – the Warriors uh, locker room with the ceiling
3: that looks like
1: the Oracle mm-hmm. ceiling, like the wood, it's beautiful, right. and it's such a great tribute to where the Warriors came from and how they got to where they are now.
3: Yeah, no, nah, the building, is it's a great building, and, you know, it's nice location right off the Embarcadero, and you got the water behind it, the great backdrop. It's going to be great. And, you know, the last year of Oracle, it was loud. I'm not saying it wasn't. Oracle developed an amazing reputation for a reason. So I'm not really trying to, like, downplay that. But it was also that 2019 year it was, it was kind of awkward. At, at at this point, championships were kind of expected, so it didn't have that same, like, it didn't draw people in the same way because it's like, oh, we expect to be here. This, this is our fifth straight year of this. Then you had the whole KD situation where – Anyone with a clue knew he was leaving, so it was kind of awkward. Then KD got hurt. So like it was that was a whole odd season. Demarcus Cousins kind of got hurt. And that was my first year covering them. So it was just it was just a little odd. Like There was a lot of dysfunction. Yeah, I had heard of the the Oracle buzz, but I don't think I got the full experience of it. Like I wish I was here in like 2016, 2017, like even the We Believe We Believe years. Uh, I was here for the last run, the last year of that five-year run. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it was just like there was so much fatigue. People were burnt out. Katie and, and Draymond weren't seeing eye to eye, and Katie had one foot out the door, and uh, he was a curmudgeon pretty much all year. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins is always a curmudgeon. Uh, Klay Thompson wasn't even really that great with us. Like, and this is just my vantage point. Like, I loved it just because I'm a basketball guy. But in terms of just strictly covering a team, it wasn't the most enjoyable team to cover, giving all the context. So that last year at Oracle, for me, it wasn't even that wild. But here at Chase, you can just sense something is brewing. That's it, yeah. You can sense it, and that building is going to slowly start making its own memories, have its own vibe, and uh, I'm excited to have a front row seat to that.
1: That's what was so special about last night, and I wasn't there like you, but going back to 2019 real quickly, I remember watching a 60 Minutes interview, and it was with Steph, Draymond, Clay and Durant and I'm just sitting there watching the interview and my wife goes, wow, look at that. And I said, what? She said, look at the body language. Yeah. You had the three of them and then Durant was kind of off by himself with his arm. And I hadn't even picked up on that. I was Like, Oh my goodness. So that year, even though they were still making a run at a championship, it felt like the end of something last night. It didn't feel like the end, you know, this whole year is about the core. Is this the end of this run? Last night felt more like the beginning of something. Yeah. Not just the continuation of what they'd done. 2015 and 17 and 18, but it felt like the beginning of a, a new chapter led by Jordan Poole. Isn't it amazing? You go He's back so to that good. gap year, Jason, you know, 2019, 20, which was oh yeah, the pandemic and the words were terrible. Clay was hurt and they were looking, the Warriors were, of course, doing their due diligence, looking for that next guy. We lost Durant. Who are we going to get? Maybe Giannis, maybe Embiid comes here. Maybe Simmons is available, maybe even Harden. And it turns out it looks like, I'm not saying that Jordan Poole is Giannis or Embiid, but he may be that it looks like he's their next star and they had him here all along.
3: I mean, the guys averaged 25 points over like the last six weeks of the season. He's, he's really, really good. And he's really, really young. So he can get even better. Um, yeah, man, he's a star. He he He's a star. There's, there's not much else to say about that. Um, and his progression has been amazing. Uh, a year ago, he was in the G League. He was getting, like, DNPs with Nico Mannion on the roster getting minutes. It was nuts. Yeah. Um, and if you remember, they had that stint where Mannion and Poole got sent to the G League. and But he's come back with a vengeance. And uh, he really, like, forced his way into this situation. Because Steve Kerr, even earlier this year, had him on a tight leash. And... I think whether it's through conversations behind closed doors or what like people like Draymond has said publicly, it has forced Steve to be like, okay, this guy's a mainstay. Because just just like 2 months ago, uh Jordan Poole was really still on like a one mistake you're getting pulled type of uh leash. Yep. It was very like I was afraid they were going to lose Jordan Poole mentally. Like he was going to check out because I was like why is he still being coached this way? He is clearly like the in in many cases the second best player on this team after Steph Curry. Why is he still being coached this way? Remember that one situation, who was it that went out uh to injury and you're just like, "Oh, Poole's going to come back to the starting lineup and and Kerr started Moody." Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah. I'm like, "Steve, wh- why would you do that?" Like I'm thinking from Jordan's point of view. I'm like, "Look, I know everyone's supposed to have a good attitude and take things in stride, but we're all humans. We all have emotions. If I'm Jordan, I'm looking at this like, what's going on here? Why are you doing that? And I wouldn't have blamed him if he checked out, but he didn't. Obviously they kept him roped in and here we are now, but you got to give Jordan credit for like yes. staying staying even killed because he has been jerked around at some times this season and not really coach like a guy as talented as he is. He's never
1: gonna be, I don't think, a very good defender. I mean, but he's working hard at it now, and that's what they've emphasized, and he deserves more credit for that than the coaches. You could say, well, it worked, but he's the one that deserves the credit. Where I don't think he gets enough credit, Jason, is going back to that first year where he was terrible as a rookie. Oh, you know, he he just out opening night against the Clippers is like, what happened to him? Couldn't make a shot. He looked like to me, I don't think he's an NBA player. But the word was in the offseason talking to guys like Tim Roy, and they tell you, he's worked really hard this offseason and the Warriors are optimistic. And I thought, yeah, that's great. You know, you can work hard, but if you don't have it, you don't have it. But that's what you don't see, right? Because you know the way he carries himself. Kind of like as you and I were discussing uh, before the show, Anthony Edwards, with that ultimate confidence, like, I know how good I am, I'm just going to show you. Jordan Poole has always carried himself that way, and I think that's rubbed some people, maybe some of his teammates, the wrong way. But in addition to that, he's worked really hard, and that's how he got to this spot where this is like a national, potentially, I know it's only one game, a national coming out party for Jordan Poole.
3: Yeah, and I read a good piece. This was, like, uh, in the beginning of the season, maybe midseason, by Anthony Slater over at The Athletic. I know he's a friend of the show. But uh, he essentially said that Jordan Poole's attitude and, you know, I don't want to call it arrogance because I don't think – I, I think that's accurate. I right, mean, just made to my w- eye, you watch him and he w- carries himself that way. It works for him, but, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, but, I, you know, sometimes I do think people – uh, Misconstrue confidence in oneself with like cockiness. I do think there's a difference, and I'm not sure he's cocky. I think he just believes in himself. And he has to. That's yeah, you, how he's gotten to this. You point. have to. And some people, a lot of people don't believe in themselves. So when they come across people who do, they they just automatically call them cocky. Um, I don't necessarily think Jordan Poole is cocky, um, but Anthony Slater kind of referred to his attitude. And said that the vets did take notice of it early, but then once they saw that his work ethic matched his attitude, yeah, they got on board. Guys like Draymond, guys like Andre Iguodala, who have high influence in the organization uh, and can really just, if they want, they could go to management or they could just through their actions just push a guy out, be like, we're not having this. Um, but, yeah, you know, and Anthony wrote about some pretty, pretty public spats between Jordan Poole and Draymond Green. And, and this one scene where Jordan Poole was ticked off in the uh, workout room and broke a flat screen TV. and It was, it, it was a fascinating article. But um, my point is the vets really embraced him once they saw that his work ethic matched that attitude. And you can see it now. He's one of them. Yeah. Like, he's one of those guys. Uh, they don't treat him like this role player. Uh, not that they treat role players differently, but you can tell that they view him really as, like, their peer. Yeah. Like, Draymond is like, no, we need him. We're not going to win without Jordan. hmm Like, Jordan might not go back to the bench. Now, obviously, he's probably going to go back to the bench at some point. Steph didn't start uh, yesterday, but... He's going to eventually start again, obviously. Uh, and I'm hard-pressed to have, see if Steve brings Wiggins off the bench.
1: Yeah, Steve was asked last night. You were maybe in the room when it happened. Uh, hey, so when Steph's starting again, is Pool going to start? And Steve Kerr said, well, you know, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. So it's a
3: possibility. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going – well, it's also going to be very situational. Um, and Steve has said that the starting lineup is going to be more fluid than it ever has been and this postseason run. is just going to depend on the ebbs and flows of the series, who they're playing, matchups, et cetera. Um, but if I was a betting man and I had to bet some money, I don't see Steve not starting Andrew Wiggins. I just think that is the highest percentage of losing a player. I think Jordan can handle it better because at the end of the day, Jordan knows he's still getting at least 30 minutes of games and will probably be in the closing lineup. So starting, uh, eh, who cares? That'd be very he, risky. He hasn't started most of the season anyway uh, when the team was healthy. With Wiggins, I think all of a sudden you take him and put him on the bench, it could check him out a little mentally. Turtle time. Turtle time. Yeah. You know, Wiggins has never come off the bench once in his entire career. I think it's like 620 games and he's started every single one of them. Uh, so I think that's going to continue. But um, He had a nice game. He did night have night. a nice game. Yeah. They don't need much from him offensively if you got those other three scoring the way they've been scoring for the past couple of months. Yeah. Um, Wiggs, just play your defense, hit that open corner three, which you did a couple times last night. And uh, don't make free throws last night. He had nine rebounds. Yeah. No, that that was the perfect game from Wiggins. And then we're going to get Wiggins scoring Wiggins games at times, too. That's why this team looks so dangerous right now. If they're all playing like this, it's not always going to be sunflowers and roses like it was last night. Everybody. Uh, But they have a lot at their disposal and. To me, this is what a championship team looks like. They have every ingredient. They have the stars. They have the young up-and-coming guy. That's Jordan Poole. They have just the steady mainstay Wiggins. Draymond Green is the glue and the brains. They have the championship coach. They got guys on the bench, Porter, uh, Iguodala, Kaminga when he gets some time. GP2. GP2, who's going to cut off someone's water and guard them 94 feet. They have all the ingredients. That's what a championship team looks like. They don't have a lot of size. Doesn't mean that they need it, but that's
1: one ingredient you right. could argue that they don't have. I'll say this about Poole. To my eye, you talk about Poole being accepted. I think there's three reasons why Poole has been accepted. One is because he works so hard, and we don't, we're don't, we not always privy to that, but we know it's true. Two is he's been so productive. He's played so well. Thirdly, and I think most importantly, the reason he's been accepted by his players, is, uh, teammates The way he has is because, you know, you talked about his arrogance. Sometimes arrogance, cockiness, that comes from someone who's really about themselves. Well, he doesn't lack for confidence, but as a basketball player, he's not a me guy. And he takes a lot of shots, but he distributes, he shares the ball, he works hard. You know, he works hard on defense. That's the most selfless thing you can do. So, yeah, he has a ton of confidence. He's cocky, but he's still a team player. And that, to me, is the most important thing, especially on this team.
3: Yeah, I think he's the second most skilled player on the roster. I I genuinely do. He's so special. Like, I just sit and I watch his warm-up regiment. I watch how that ball is on a string. And then you see him implement it in games. How many times this year, Whitey, have you seen some crazy dribble package into this awkward yet just, like, beautiful Euro step into, like, Offhand finish. Yeah, yeah. You know how skilled you have to be? And <laughs> yeah. it's not like he's done it once or twice, like, oh, that's an amazing. Yeah. It's regular to him. Mm-hmm. Like, he is different. He's one of those guys, like, that's like he has some Kyrie layup packages in his game. Uh, then he can shoot the ball. Like, I th- I do. I think he's their second most talented player, Jordan Poole. That is no disrespect to Clay Thompson or Draymond Green. Draymond Green is valuable for a different reason. You just see his, his his basketball acumen, what he can do on the defensive side of the ball, and just like his hoops IQ. Steph alluded to it yesterday post game. is so like next level that he makes the game easier for everyone. And then Clay is Clay, but just sheer talent and like skills. I think Jordan Poole is, the, is is second best on that squad behind Steph.
1: Jordan Poole's the new star, of course KD used to be here, he's gone. I said yesterday, you know, I don't Jordan Poole, I'm not saying he's anywhere near as good as KD. KD is I think as great as he is, he's underrated, but I do think as a playmaker with the handle, I think Jordan Poole's a better playmaker than Kevin Durant. I don't think, you know, you miss so much of what you had with Durant, but in some ways off the dribble, I think Jordan Poole's a better playmaker than Kevin Durant. So he gives you Some things, not as much as you have the KD, but there's a little bit he gives you that you didn't have with KD.
3: Yeah, I I, I can get behind that. The thing about KD, um, especially in that 2019 uh, season, well, one, let me preface it with this. For instance, that like 2017 Warriors team, the first year of KD, it's probably like the second or third best team in NBA history. Mm -hmm. So they're really good with Kevin Durant. That's not what I'm saying. But what I noticed in 2019, aside from just the awful body language from most of the guys for most of the year, um, I noticed that there was a lot of standing around with Kevin Durant, which subconsciously like developed bad habits. If you remember that year, that team blew a whole lot of leads. Yeah, they got to the finals, went six games with Toronto. Probably they win the finals if, if Katie don't get hurt. But... A lot of the guys were just standing around all the time, watching, waiting for somebody to do something, which caused them to blow a lot of leads. Remember that Clippers game uh, yeah. where they were up like 30 points and yeah. ended up blowing it and losing it? I think that was the first round, uh, maybe. Doc Rivers coached that team. Um, I think so. That's where I think you, you're alluding to, like the playmaking of Jordan Poole. People aren't just standing around anymore. And the Warriors are about player movement and ball movement. That's what the offense is about. Right. And you, you even saw it with, like, like you even saw it with Steph. I think we didn't see Steph's best. I mean, he sacrificed for championships. That's, that's what winners do. But you never really got the most out of Steph those years because there was just so much offensive firepower. And I think it, like, just subconsciously developed some bad habits on that team because they would just stand around, watch Durant. Then sometimes they are stand around, watch Steph, and it caused complacency. You don't see that anymore. You see that ball zipping around. You see people moving without the ball. and uh, It's hard to guard. Hard yeah, to guard that way. Yeah, is, for sure. Xfinity Mobile text line,
1: 888-957-9570, or if you want to give us a call. And let's real quick here, Sterling, let's pop in. Uh, Jerry's been on hold. Jerry, you're on with Jason Dumas and Whitey Gleason. What's up?
3: Uh, hey guys, uh, great game last night. Uh, I just wanted to say I thought, you know, the the Warriors had an ideal situation. You know, they didn't have Jamal Murray or or Michael Porter Jr. And uh, you know, I just didn't want us to get ahead of ourselves. They they did what they were supposed to do. You know, the Warriors for the most part this season beat up on the teams they should, and lost to the teams you know they shouldn't do so. You know, I'm, I'm anxious to see them, you know, have a little resistance, see what mm-hmm. they're about. But, um, yeah, it's a great start. And uh, what do you guys think? Thanks.
1: Thank you, Jerry. I, I think it's a fair point. They just look so good at both ends of the floor. Game one, it's only game one, but it couldn't have gone a lot better.
3: Yeah, my only pushback with that is the Nuggets haven't had Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. all season. So the whole, like, they didn't have this. They haven't. They did that team doesn't. You just got to look at that team without those two this year because they didn't have them all year. So what you mean? What do you want the Warriors to do? Um, that's just who the Nuggets are this year. Uh, I do think that I do think the Warriors have won some big games this year too. You know, you think of the Utah win early in the year. You think of uh, they won U- yeah, it. Phoenix, Phoenix. Phoenix on Christmas Day. Yeah. You know, I'd have to go back and look at the schedule, but the Phoenix on Christmas Day really pops out. Um, but you know they'll they'll get some resistance obviously if they win this then they'll have either Memphis or Minnesota a big win Whoa. by Minnesota We
1: to talk about that today yeah I know yeah. um
3: so they'll get some resistance the- but look, at the end of the day, you gotta remember Steph, Clay, and Draymond, those three have the highest winning percentage in the playoffs in NBA history. You think maybe Jerry was a Denver fan? I mean, it, it's
1: fine if he was. I but... don't
3: know, but like <laughs> when you you know, when you're playing all your cards, just remember those three have the best win percentage in the playoffs in NBA history. So We'll, we'll see, but I'm I, I usually going to stack my decks with the numbers. Numbers tell you those guys rarely lose in the playoffs when they play together.
1: Coming up next, how Steph just gave the Warriors another culture-building moment that's coming up here. Jason Dumas, Whitey Gleason, 95-7 the game.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Gordon goes up and under on the drive, missed it. Rebound, play. Chest pass to Poole. Poole, three on three. Drives in, goes up with a Euro step. It's good and a foul. He got fouled by Will Barton. He's going to the line. Wow. Just slowed it down just a little bit on Barton, ripped it through and somehow flipped it up and in. I mean, what an amazing move. Crossover into a Euro step, back the other way, and then finishes. Dynamite.
2: Now back to 95-7, the game.
1: Wasn't it great to have the Warriors back in the stinking playoffs? You know, last year didn't count. The play in, it's not, it's not quite the playoffs. It's been a long time for a team with this kind of championship pedigree to be back in the postseason. Hallelujah. And then they played so well last night. I know Jerry gave us a call here, 888 957 9570. Whitey Gleason, Jason Dumas with you. And Jerry said, hey, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's a great point, but it was a great way to start. This this postseason run because Jason, the Warriors, not only did they send the message to the Nuggets that you guys you you, you aren't going to be competitive in the series, but they also were able to treat part of the game as kind of a ramping up process, right? Getting Steph uh, back on track and ramping his
3: minutes up. It's pretty amazing when in a playoff game you you have the luxury to do that. Yeah, seriously. They they brought their best player off the bench and he, you know, he only played what? He didn't play huge minutes, so uh, 21, 21, 20, 21 minutes. You know, the Warriors, they're in a great spot right now. Now they have to keep that tunnel vision and I'm sure they will. They can't get complacent because they got a big win, uh, in game one. Keep that momentum going. Just t- you know, take, take Denver's soul before they get yeah. any in confidence. Like have them go back to Denver ball arena, whatever they play in, um, down Oda to
1: yeah. For Denver to have a chance in this series, see what you think of this. I think it's – for Denver to have a chance in this series, then when Jokic is doubled and he finds a shooter on the perimeter, they're going to have to make a lot of those shots. They're going to have to make – and they, last night they did not. And they're not a great three-point shooting team. They got a couple decent to good three-point shooters. And they had one guy less uh, – Will Barton had a good game last night. But they're going to have to make the Warriors pay for doing that. Last night they
3: were not able to. And if they're not able to do that, they're not going to be around long. No. And, uh, I mean, he finished with six assists, Jokic. Uh, that's a win for the, for, for the Warriors. When he has that ball whizzing around the floor, and hit, like he said, his shooters are knocking down shots. The Nuggets are really, really good. But the Warriors, they played him well, let him score his points. Like, big-time scorer Jokic, it is what it is. He's going to get his buckets on anybody. He, that's, he's going to win the MVP this year. Probably his second straight, right? I think he should, yeah. Second I'd straight. I'd for him. He's, uh, he's going to win the MVP. Uh, you know I have to go with my man, MB. Yeah. I... <laughs> um, but he's going to win MVP again from all the tea leaves I've been reading. He's going to get the votes he needs. MB's to, not even the best steal. player in
1: the Sixers. It's Tyrese Maxey.
3: Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> they played him perfectly last night. And... Uh, This looks like a Nuggets team that just does not have enough options to hang with the Warriors. They just don't. Uh, I think the game plan from what I watched was let Jokic score, and we are going to cut off the water to everybody else. Outside of Will Barton, who is – Will Barton, he's going to knock down shots, especially – I mean, he's that franchise's all-time three-point leader. But outside of Barton, no one did anything. You saw Aaron Gordon get a double tech with Clay Thompson. Uh, yeah,
1: he had a rough night. I know he's he a San Jose guy and everything, but he yeah. had a rough
3: night. Archbishop Mitty's finest, Aaron Gordon. I actually like Aaron Gordon. Um, just like, I mean, he's not the perfect player. Uh, he can't really shoot it. But I like kind of the physicality, toughness, and, you know, other things he can bring to the table. But he he was bad last night, and... He got into it with Clay. That was frustration. You could tell. And then, like the very next possession, Clay like drills a three and does like the bow and arrow celebration in his face. It just it was not a good sequence for Aaron Gordon, who I'm sure had a, loads of family in the yeah because he's a local kid. Um, but you know, outside of Will Barton, who I think is going to get some buckets, regardless, because I think Will Barton is is really good. He's probably he's one of I like those, Bones Highland too. Oh, Bones Highland. He he's from Delaware, so I've I've been hearing about Bones Highland since he was in high school. He played for a Philadelphia area AAU team. We are I, we are one. I mean, um, Bones is Bones is really really good, but you know he's a rook. He's a yeah, young guy. He's he's not gonna. He's probably not going to be a difference maker. He might he might have one of those games this series where he he puts up thirty, but I just don't think Denver has enough firepower and. I was I was rooting for this matchup one up until like the last game of the season, what was that, last Sunday? Right. Um the Warriors could have drawn the Jazz. And I would have picked the Warriors in that series too, but I preferred they played the Nuggets. Just because even though the Nuggets won three of the four matchups during the regular season, I consider that a wash because Draymond didn't play in one of them. The uh, another one was that Buzzer beater where Steph cheated off of Monty Morris, and Monty Morris hits a buzzer beater to win Draymond the game. didn't
1: play in any of the games against Denver this
3: year. Yeah, no, he yeah, didn't play yeah. in one of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one was a buzzer beater. Like, I didn't put much stock in the fact that they were 3-1 and one against the Warriors this season. I, I knew this would not be a great matchup for Denver, and last night showed it.
1: Yeah. Utah, by the way, how lucky are they? They I draw know. Dallas, and then no Yoke – excuse me, no Doncic –
3: and Utah barely won yesterday. I know they barely beat uh, the Mavericks. It's still a road win, Game One though. So they're I know. in, they're in I a great—they're in a great spot. I—I I think Utah ends up winning that game series in like five as well. Even if if Lucas, they—I mean, they say he's not going to play Game Two, but he's like questionable for Game Three. I think that's just wishful thinking by the Mavericks. That injury was a non-contact pull. He could barely walk. He's not coming back. And if he does, he's going to be playing on a blown tire and they're just going to attack him and uh Denver should or Utah should win that series in 5.
1: Yeah. Utah's playing on a blown tire too, I think. Not physically, but just uh, I know they're they lost Joe Ingles, but that thing is coming apart at the seams. Yeah, I think they're going to end up having to break that up. Maybe somehow they get, you know, this somehow jump starts them. Uh the, the luck of playing Dallas without Doncic, but I I don't think that there's a
3: there's much shelf life for this this Utah Jazz bunch.
1: Donovan Mitchell is
3: going to leave at some point, whether it's forcing his way out or. See, I would keep him if I could and get rid of Gobert. Oh, them. same, same. But to me, and this is just all an opinion. This isn't no reported source reporting, but he is too good. Like. Donovan Mitchell is too good to be wasting away in Salt Lake City. Who wants to play there? I mean, I think he's going to get he's gonna get wooed and wowed by the big bright lights. Mm. I'm thinking like the Knicks or some big market East yeah. Coast team. I don't think Donovan Mitchell is going to be there.
1: Okay. All right. Before we get any further, you know, the games tip off. Game two, uh, day two of the playoffs, pardon me, tipping off about 10 our time. So it's time, Jason – for Bet the
3: House. Oh, let's do it.
1: Yeah. So if you have any music at all, Sterling Great. If not, don't worry about it. I'm going to give you the four NBA playoff games today and the lines, and all you got to do, Jason, is you just got to pick one. Pick one of these games to bet. However, you do have to bet your house. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, all right? Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So bet the house. Are you going to bet the house on game one, Atlanta getting seven at Miami? A lot of people think Atlanta's going to make that a competitive series. I'm betting the house. That's the one before we get any further? Yeah. Well, okay.
3: I'm betting the house right there. <laughs> Which way are you going? Uh, Atlanta's going to cover. Okay. You know, I think I agree with you. Yeah, that's going to be a close game, and Atlanta might even steal one. I'm getting Minnesota-Memphis vibes in that series, too. Wow. All right. Um, yeah, Atlanta, 7 is a lot for Miami. They've been
1: resting. Just the other lines, by the way. I'll give you another chance. Give you a chance to okay, reconsider here. Okay, let's hear here. the other one.
3: Brooklyn getting four at Boston. I like that one, too, because I, I have Brooklyn winning that series. You have Brooklyn going pretty far, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I think they're going to go to the finals. I think we're going to see a, a Steph vs. KD NBA Finals Storylines galore. That would be crazy. I man. know. Wow. Uh, Chicago getting 10.5 at Milwaukee. I know you're not a big Giannis fan. You want the Bulls in 10 and a half? That's a lot of points, but that's just indicative of what people think of the Bulls. The Bulls, I'm pretty sure the Bulls are like 0 and 15 against the top three seeds in each conference this year. They're they they, of, don't, they for, don't beat good teams. I'll be in Chicago next Friday. I was thinking of buying tickets for that. It would be game three in Chicago. I might go to that game. It just depends how the first two games go.
1: For a playoff team, the Bulls are kind of terrible. I think only... The Bulls and the Pelicans had a negative um, uh, point differential this year. They're the yeah. only two teams in the playoffs that gave up more points. It's close, but they there gave up more a, points in this game.
3: There was a love affair with the Bulls early in the season I from know. the media, and he, he had a great year. So I don't want to talk too poorly on him, but give me a break with that DeRozan MVP <laughs> campaign. That was that was some propaganda for you MVP. They don't beat anybody. And then finally, I mentioned the Pel's. Uh, it's the Pelicans.
1: They're getting ten and a half against Phoenix. If I didn't go Atlanta plus seven, I kind of like the Suns to just tar and feather the the, the Pelicans.
3: Yeah, I think the Pelicans are going to be a good team once they get Zion back. I love Willie Green, former Warriors assistant. We had I had some great conversations with Willie when he was a uh, when he was a when he was a coach here in the Bay used to tell him how I used to watch him when he was a sixer back in his playing days. Um, I think next year is going to be the year where the Pelicans make some noise when Zion's back and they have a full season of Zion, B.I., and McCollum. But the Suns are going to drag them. Probably five games, four or five games. Uh, they'll cover today, too, the Suns. That, that house is going to be rocking in the Valley of the Sun.
1: Speaking of houses, that's the one I'm betting my house on. Do you currently
3: own a house? I do not. Okay, you can bet Sterling's house then. And which I, I, I'll bet. I'll, I'll bet my girl's house. My girl owns okay. her house. All and, right. and it's I not would... even my house. It's my mom's house. Uh, you yeah, can bet see, Sterling's not, mom's house. I'm not betting poor Sterling's mom's you, you house. You can have it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 What's your mom's name, Sterling? Becky. Bet you don't want to bet Becky's house. Okay. All right. Nah, You're Becky seems house. like a great woman. She is. Yeah, she raised Sterling. I know. up with. He has the
3: hottest comeback music in the game, Sterling. <laughs> Every time we come back to some fire, Sterling has great taste. Yes. Uh, Okay. He has to have gotten that from Becky. I
1: think so. I agree. So you're going to Atlanta plus seven. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sterling's mom's house. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to talk you into that. I know you don't want to go that way, but (laughs) all right, there you go. Um, You know, it's interesting. You mentioned Willie Green, and apparently. Uh, he gave his Pelicans a real fiery speech. Oh, it was, was at awesome. halftime.
3: It was awesome. Yeah, well, who no, was, it? Was, it was it? it was it was in the uh, it was going into the fourth quarter. Okay, and who, who
1: one of the Pel's? I think was it Trey Murphy the third, saying, uh, "We or, what, that's is that his name?" He, he yeah, said,
3: Troy Murphy. Yeah, thank you. He, he said from Florida. Thank you. Yeah, he said, uh, I, "We've never seen Willie like that." Yeah, no. The TNT called him on the mic'd up. It was awesome. He was essentially like they were coming into the fourth quarter. Uh, they're down 10 and he essentially in a nutshell i can't quote him fully because it was also uh, some words that i can't use on air but he essentially said we've taken their best shot we're down 10 now we got to put our hands up and we got to fight this is like this is why you guys play in the nba this is why you guys work hard this is our fight let's fight and he said it like emphatically i got fired up just watching it and i i've never seen Willie like that either He's a very even-keeled guy, but it, it worked because they came yeah. back from ten in the fourth. They won that game, and you know now now they're the eighth seed in the playoffs. Yeah, Kenneth Trey Murphy the third. That's the beauty of being kind of low key is
1: when you need to take it to the next level. You people get notice, right? Yeah. If you're always that way, then what are you going to do when you need to get excited? So. I think that's a great story for the Pelicans.
3: They're gonna get flattened here. Oh well. But <laughs> <Great> I mean Great <laughs> story, they're gonna get, oh, they're get blitzed. They are right. Yeah. yeah. Phoenix, Phoenix is a well oiled machine. Phoenix is a well oiled machine. Um I love the the
1: whole thing for CJ McCollum. He showed me a lot this year getting traded from where he'd been forever, and then like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, show some veteran leadership here and it's not all on him, but he had a lot to do with the fact that the Pelicans are still playing. Admirable.
3: I know, you know, fans over in the city of brotherly love probably don't want to hear this, not that they're listening to this radio show, but CJ McCollum has been the best trade deadline move. That's including James Harden. Ooh. He ha- he has. I don't even think it's controversial. If you just look at the numbers, he's been better than Harden.
1: DeMontis Sabonis wasn't a better? De-
3: oh, man. Jeez. I, what are the Kings doing? I don't think Sabonis is a bad player or anything. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, I don't know they're hustling backwards it seems like they've been hustling backwards for like two decades
1: yeah one step forward two steps back right what are we doing where are we going yeah
3: and it's a shame because i absolutely love the golden one center like nice building i'm i've been there several times i've been there for a bunch of kings games kings warriors games uh, i've been there for a concert like once they get their team right That place is going to be jumping. Don't hold your breath, Jason Dumas. I won't. Trust me, I won't. (laughs) I won't. You know? Um, It's just a shame because they have a really good fan base and a really good arena where if they win, like, it's going to be one of the best atmospheres in basketball.
1: Great fan base, great arena, longest playoff drought in NBA. Yeah. NBA.
3: Yeah. It's a, it's a shame. Yeah. Anyway, back to the Warriors. Back yeah. yeah. <laughs> to the
1: Warriors. I thought it was uh, really interesting what happened with Steph, and you were there. Maybe you can shed some light on how that all came down because it, it was announced, right, that he was going to be starting? I believe that – I believe the Athletic – so it wasn't announced. I think the Athletic had the story – that Steph is starting, and then the Warriors came out with the announcement after that that he is not starting. Stephen A. was going nuts last night on TV. I can't believe the Warriors aren't starting Steph. I can't believe they're not starting Steph.
3: Things are percolating.
1: Yeah, I I think it spoke to how smart Steph is, realizing that minutes-wise with the restrictions, he'd be better off not starting, and then he wouldn't have to sit for as long. But I do think also that sends a message to everybody on the team, like, we're trying to win here. Yeah, I'm Steph Curry, but I don't care if I'm starting or not. I think there was some significance to that,
3: too. Oh, I agree. That's Steph for you, though. He is the he's the ultimate leader. He just knows what he's doing. He he seems to always make the right decision when he comes to a fork in the road and there's a decision to be had. He seems to always make the right one. There's a lot of different components to this. He knows Jordan Poole is playing so well right now he knows this he's a young guy who can kind of uh be swayed when I say swayed mentally, I just mean like he kind of has an ego, but most of these guys do and i don't I don't even say that as an insult, but it's like let's keep Jordan in the space he's in right now and let's let me show the team. I'm the best player on this team. I'm one of the best players who's ever played this game. But I don't have – I'm not too big to come off the bench. Jordan's going to see that. So when the time comes, when Jordan has to go back to the bench, which it'll come uh, because, like I said, I think Jordan has more of a chance – Jordan is more likely to go to the bench than Wiggins. That's not to say Jordan won't play more minutes than Wiggins or Jordan won't be in at the finish line. But I think it's more likely that Jordan goes to – Jordan goes to the bench at Wiggins. So Steph probably knows that too. Let me show my young guy that I'm willing to do it. And if I'm willing to do it, you better damn sure be willing to do it. Yeah, that's I, a great I point. I think that's all that's, – Steph is playing chess. He, he knows how everything – the ebbs and flows of people's personalities and how things are going to go this postseason. Uh, I mean, shoot, Clay came back after being out two and a half years. And from what I heard it, Clay wasn't really interested in on starting off from the bench. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He wanted to come back to the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, you can say what you want about that, but that just shows the difference. Like as great as Clay is, it's just, it's levels. Steph, Steph is just from, obviously from a playing standpoint, but just from a thought process standpoint, as a leader of an organization, a pillar of an organization, two steps ahead of everyone. There's only certain guys who can think that way and make moves like that. He knew what he was doing. He could have easily said, "No, I prefer to start." Uh, and I don't. And it would have been okay. Yeah. Right. And I really don't think it has anything to do with the whole the way the minute restriction is. I think it was more sending messages. I do. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's uh that's really interesting as you you talk about the layers to to this decision as far as pool coming off the bench. It's pretty self evident. I mean, he's done it. He wasn't crazy about it, but we know he can do it. And Wiggins might be able to do it. But you're right. It's possible also that becomes a turtle up moment for him and you just don't want to risk that.
3: Yeah, and there's no there's no need to. And Wiggs is like the role he played last night was perfect for this team. He was like a Swiss army knife. He did a little of everything.
1: Or a Canadian army knife.
3: Canadian army knife, yeah. yeah exactly. Do they Maple- even have an army in Canada. Sure they do. <laughs> Maple Jordan, as they call him um he he defended he rebounded he got rebounds uh he hit open shots he got a couple steals like just do all the dirty work Wiggs. and he did that and you know after the game he had he was all smiles and you know i a lot of good mojo on this team right now and wiggins wiggins is going to play a huge part of that he played 29 minutes last night and you know, he got a steal, nine rebounds, a couple assists. He was plus 16, which was third. I oh don't know, that was fourth on the team. Everybody was plus. I mean, Steph was. Yeah. Steph and Dre were plus 21. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. was a plus 21, too. Wiggins plus 16. Uh, How Clea about this, Jason? Five.
1: As you look at the box score and you mentioned the rebound numbers, a lot of people, and I confess I've been one of them, have been warning about, well, you know, this lack of size, at some point, there's a really good chance gonna catch up with the Warriors. I confess I've been one of those people. Last night, uh, the Warriors took advantage of Jokic in the open floor. Also the rebound numbers, the tiny, tiny mini Warriors out rebounded Denver, uh, let's see, 41 to 35, and they had they had 10 offensive rebounds. So they out rebounded the Nuggets last night.
3: Yeah, and I mean, they're gonna have to keep doing that because there's not really there's not really a matchup in this playoffs that they're going to be able to skate by a team that's not doesn't have a really good center. Obviously, they have Jokic right now. Next round is either Carl Anthony Towns. Isn't that
1: amazing that it really could be Minnesota in the next round? Carl we'll
3: Anthony Towns that. or Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams. So two really good big guys on Memphis and a really good big guy on Minnesota. Then you forecast past that, you got DeAndre Ayton. He's really good.
1: Unless you play New Orleans and you got Valanchunas.
3: <laughs> Valanchunas had a huge game on that play in. Yeah, in that playing game. He's not bad. No, nah, he's a good player. Yeah. Valanchunas killed the Warriors in the play in mm-hmm. Memf- when he was mm-hmm. on Memphis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Valanchunas is good. And then if you want to forecast to the finals, I guess, I mean, shoot, there's no one really. You got Giannis, who could be a particular big man who could give trouble. He gives anyone trouble uh brooklyn who is my pick they don't really have a big they have andre drummond but drummond's not going to do anything to you nick claxton uh nick claxton maybe if, if philly is able to get there you got mb um but it is what it is the warriors had a chance to trade for a big at the deadline or even in the buyout market and they chose not to this is how Wiseman is going to be this, this, yeah this is the fate they took um It's a shame Wiseman can't get any experience of this, and he just has to sit on the side. But like I said, I hope Kaminga, he will. I think he will get some run. I wasn't shocked that he got a – he didn't get a DNP yesterday, but he came in into garbage. He came in in garbage duty. Well, he ended up with four minutes. Um, But Kaminga – I think it will just be huge for his long-term development. And I know the Warriors are thinking short-term right now. Obviously, they want to win a championship. They're not thinking development at this point of the season. But um, I would just love to see. I think if they if they play Memphis, I do think Kaminga will have a bigger role because Memphis is a team that is very athletic, scrappy. Uh, they get up and down the floor quick, and that's, that's right in Kaminga's wheelhouse.
1: So if the Warriors win, will they play Memphis? We'll look at that also after last night. To me, it's crystal clear where this series is headed, and I don't think Warrior fans are gonna like it. That's coming up next. Whitey Gleason, Jason Dumas, 95-7 the game.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.